Wabuck. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1. The Beard, starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher, Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director, Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome. And we're Buffalo Wild Wings today out on West 82nd near Brownfield Highway. Got to come out and hang out with us today. I think the last couple of days, a lot of people just been uh, cooped up at home and avoiding the roads and everything but man the sun is out i wouldn't say it's exactly uh warm but you know the sun's out that's that's a start so get out of the house and uh, roads are actually uh, pretty good yeah. you know there's few places but for the most part you can get around today so come out here to buffalo wild wings grab some wings and uh, an icy cold one and uh chill out today chill out yeah that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thank you Very thank nice. you anyway uh but uh but yeah we'll have some fun and uh we'll start off with the uh, rock and reality check today and then we'll get to man we got all kinds of stuff today uh rock and 25 college basketball poll of course um we'll hear from uh the four-star commit uh drew steffi and his dad matt breaking down the why the red raiders were the perfect fit and uh, have we ever had a player's dad on before, or is this a first? This is a first. Okay, but, I was thinking but it was. But it's, yeah. uh, he's got some experience because he was a, a D2 player, and his wife uh, won D2 soccer okay. national championships. Cool. All right. So they were athletes in their own right. All right. Well, uh, we got that coming up. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk basketball. We'll, we'll talk, uh, I mean, you know, guess recruiting, you know, all kinds of stuff to get here. And today, and, and after I'm done with this, I'm actually, <clears throat> I'm actually on vacation for a week. So, well, congratulations! So wow. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm counting down here. It's an hour and 58 minutes. That's so, exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, and taking one in a while. So I'm not really doing anything. I'm just gonna not, just not work for. Was a that week. a dig at Sean? I haven't taken one in a while because Sean uh, takes so many. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean's exhausted. He's, he had to work five days this week. So you know. <laughs> I don't believe it. It's, it's rough, oh, I know. It's rough. Welcome to the normal life. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, let's do a rock and reality check, though. Pete, why don't you start rock and reality check? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it, what, I mean, starting with Tuesday night, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, that's something you'll always remember. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny to me that it popped in my head after the win and everybody was so excited, it, that Lee Greenwood song. So, I'm proud to be a Red Raider fan, where at least I know I beat UT. Nice. That's what very. That, <laughs> that's what popped in my head. Like, the Jared, look that, on that, Jared's that, face <laughs> is worth $1,000. All right, uh, Jared, maybe you ought to take the Rock and Reality check from there. Well, it was, it was <laughs> awesome. For once, so. I, I feel like I can follow this up. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Pete. No, Continue, I mean, I, please. Obviously, uh, just, uh, you know, and the nation saw how special Red Raider Nation is and, and what's going on in our little bubble here in Lubbock. And, uh, you know, as great as it was, now you got to look for, I mean, you got West Virginia this weekend, but, you know, you, you want to win February 19th in Austin. So uh, just, I mean, seeing the former players come back, the, the Raiderville, I mean, just incredible you just you just don't get this other places so uh you know and and then the fans were, were fantastic so kudos to the fans um i mean i thought i'd see some nine volt three you know th triple a it's batteries getting thrown yeah wow. wow. of the batteries i did, yeah. I did. so uh, i was glad nothing and uh just uh, you know a good good deal so uh you know the the maybe the bus video some people might be uh 
disappointed uh, in. But, you know, the fans are, are the fans. And, uh, yeah, don't be so soft, you know? Yeah. Yes. Well, and you know what, man? I, I, you know, I love the signs, too. Raiders against traitors. Chris Beard stinks. I mean, it was great. Great weekend. So, and then signing day, and then yesterday was realignment. So, uh, it's been a real busy week uh, to kick off February, and uh, you know, and then the game tomorrow, one o'clock, West Virginia. So, uh, yeah. that's it. And then disappointment for Patrick Mahomes not not getting to the Super Bowl. And I, you know, this might be the first Super Bowl I have zero interest in. Well, I'm with you. It's dead. To me, zero. You know? Yeah. I, I might I might watch for the commercials. That's it. So I I, I could could not care less. I couldn't care less because then I could care less. I cannot care less. I think I understand what you're right. down there. All right. So, all right, Jared. So you can not care less. Right. Because, oh, yeah, I, I, I could care less. Well, then why don't you care less? So you, it, it should be I couldn't care less because then you're at the, the lowest level you could be of not caring. See, people say that wrong most of the they time. They do because I could care, care less. less. Yeah. Well, good. So then I'm not that bad because you could care less. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think we're yeah. – yeah, that's a way to break that down. Yeah. All right, Jared. <laughs> I care about you caring less. Maybe you can't <laughs> follow that now. No, I don't know. You uh, giving lessons and singing to us and everything. I don't, uh, no, you know, I, I just want to echo what he's, what Pete said. You know, and we've talked about, I don't know how many times on the show, like where the Jones kind of lost that magic. Right. Um, it seemed like the Texas Tech fan base kind of lost that magic and that, the, the, the whole renegade, tough, uh, you know, Red Raider nation kind of had gone away where people weren't scared to, to come in. Well, they're scared to come in now, at least to play basketball, that's for yeah. sure, uh, right. at the USA. Uh, you know, I, I want that attitude back. I want that image back. For this fan base of being feared, and I think they got it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, I think yeah. they made a loud statement, and I, I'm glad that they were rowdy to introduce them. I, you know, the language or whatever—it's it's not for everybody. It doesn't personally bother me, but uh, I, you know, I get it. But I, I, it's good I, to me to push the boundaries a little bit. But then they were—you know—like Pete said, they were—they were good during the game. Nobody threw anything. Yeah. No, you know, even all the national commentators—you know—they were chomping at the bit to, to trash the, the fans, and that—that that didn't happen. They, you know, said it was by and large the general consensus was—you uh, know—Beard went home sad. And uh, the the crowd was great, and it was one of the best atmospheres you could ever hope for for a sporting event. So I, you know, I, I, we could not have scripted a better way for it to go for right. Tech to kick their butts. And they really, I, if you look at the statue, I think they led for 39 minutes. Yeah, you know, they yeah. led, not just yeah. tied, but they Tech led for that game almost the entirety of it. Um, there was times you thought they were going to blow it open and, and, and win by like 20 something points, you know. But and then Texas would fight back. Marcus Carr was a handful, yeah. uh, but. By and large, man, the Red Raiders, they played great. Marcus Santos-Silva was awesome. Kevin McCuller played like just a like a man, like a grown yeah. man. Some of those <laughs> offensive rebounds he got were just like, you know, I'm tougher than you. I want this more, and we're going to win. Yeah. You know, some of those yeah. were just – and then he got to the free throw line and, and knocked down his free throws. He was just very aggressive. Aggressive is a, is a word you'll hear with basketball. You hear a lot in the NBA playoffs. We were the more aggressive team, and that's why we won. Well, Tech was certainly the more aggressive team, so and they won convincingly so and that had to happen yeah that's the thing like the day of everybody you know was at Raiderville was you know going around town and everybody was just saying man Tech's got to win this we got to win this game we can't lose this after all this big stage and they did uh so couldn't have gone any better and then with recruiting I mean I'm seeing on our on our sheet here our prep sheet who says you can't recruit to West Texas well Joey McGuire certainly never subscribed to that you know I mean 
uh, I can't. I've almost lost track of how many commits they got this week. At least five, maybe six commits. We're going to talk about a lot of that coming up. But uh, in the National Signing Day, they added a guy to the 2022 class who led all the country in receiving and was the Class 4A Division One uh, MVP at, at Stephenville and Coy Eakin. So I talked to him a bunch, and uh, he was down at TCU, UNT, and Tech, and he chose Tech mm-hmm. uh, after visiting. So Joey McGuire is crushing it. I really, I said this a couple of times. You look at it, you know, baseball coming up, they're top 10, top mm-hmm, five, yeah. whatever, you know, every year. This is about as good as it's ever been, mm-hmm. all three major sports, um, in terms of the feeling, the optimism, and, and where we sit today. Yeah, it's uh, it does. It feels really good. And that game there, that, that is the most exciting electric sporting event I've ever attended live. I mean, I, it was, I mean, I got there an hour and a half before the game started, and I'm just sitting there, and, and I, I just can't believe the, as I'm sitting there, the electricity, the energy, I mean, it, you just feel, it was crazy. I've, like I said, I've never experienced anything like that before. So, man, it was it was something else. And one of the best moments, I thought, leading up to the game, you know, because they did a good job of just that whole idea of do, don't do anything that's going to put the team in jeopardy of yeah. winning or cost, you know, a technical change momentum. And when uh, Norrence came out oh, yeah. in front of the, the uh, Raider riot before the game started, and he just got out there and was talking about, you know, we built this together, and let's, you know, I mean, just, man, I was, I was just, it was so inspiring, and I thought that was just such a great message right there that he gave and uh, just kind of cementing that whole idea of, yeah, you're right, you know, we did build this thing, and let's don't do something stupid, you know. But the atmosphere, though, was was just awesome i think beard was shell-shocked i yeah, don't think yeah. he I, I don't think he had any idea what what he was really walking into i mean he had a look on his face like holy crap i, I had no idea they hated me this much you know well and then to me i saw the three police people i mean he probably asked for it oh yeah i mean oh. they're not going to say hey let's we want to come guard you i mean he had yeah. to ask for it so he was he had some scared to him but you know as great as it was with ut and you know it, it jumps up several levels from a regular game I hope now as we move back down to regular games, we keep it up closer to that game. I yeah, mean, we got to yeah. be fired up for TCU and Oklahoma coming in and make them scared. I mean, you know, I know we had the extra angle with Beard and, and UT, but I hope fans keep the level high because you want them to be petrified coming in here, TCU and Oklahoma oh, yeah. and all these. Yeah, you don't want to lose to those guys. Yeah, I mean, this, either, yeah. and then you keep it that way. I mean, hopefully we're at a new level. This and kicked us to a new level. That falls on Mark Adams, and we've gone this whole segment without even saying his name yet. What a great <laughs> yeah, job he's done. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's exceeded everyone's expectations. Mark Adams, uh, I mean, he, he's probably the leading candidate for coach, National Coach oh, yeah. of the Year, yeah. you know, and deservedly yeah. so. Yeah, to keep that team focused in, in that kind of a situation, the energy and the adrenaline, just all the emotion. I mean, it, it was that was a great coaching job right there. And, so. Yeah, I, on the air I said, you know, everybody thought this was going to be a night to boo Chris Beard, but really it turned out to be a night to cheer Mark Adams. Oh, yeah, and there was a lot of that, yeah. too. No, it, it felt great. Well, we got a lot to get to today, so uh, we'll move on from the uh, rock and reality check. I think we could all agree, though, times are good right now. So uh, coming up next, inside the Red Raiders recruiting, we'll uh, take a look at some of the uh, football uh, commits. And, uh, man, like you said, there's a lot, a lot going on, hard to keep up with. There's oh, so man. much. So we'll get you updated. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings on West 82nd near Brownfield Highway here on 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, The Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. Inside the Red Raiders Football Recruiting Update. 
I got to tell you, there is so much going on with recruiting. Huh. The level of activity yeah. that these guys have brought to like social media compared to what Tech has been for the last several years. I mean, it is crazy. It, it, it and I know, and it's intentional. You know, but they're they are really creating a buzz and excitement over Tech football, and you're getting so many commits and stuff. I mean, it, I, I swear, it feels like they've they've got like 120 commits for this next class. I mean, that's just what it feels like. To, it's to crazy. your point, Jeff, they had so they had that big junior day uh, on Saturday. Yeah. They had so many. I mean, they had triple digits. They had over 100 guys in, and they had so many commits from that Saturday that. They couldn't get the uh, edits out in time, and they wanted to give everybody their own time. So there was guys they committed Saturday like morning who didn't announce their commitment till Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, and they okay. told me like I committed, but they're waiting. They were getting the graphics out. And they want each of us to have our own time, which is so cool. Yeah, it's cool, but that's how. I mean, this is very foreign for for football recruiting. You know what I mean? Well, really any recruiting because there's not that kind of numbers in basketball. But they had so many commits. They have ten commits for the 2023 class. Look, man, when uh, McGuire took over in November for the, the, the cycle that was almost over in 2022, there was only nine commits. I mean, that's, it's, it's on a completely different level. The yeah. amount of visitors they're, they're having, the amount of activity on social media, the amount of commits, the, the, the type of commits they're getting, it's all what tech isn't supposed to be able to do. You hear, right, like, yeah. all the negative recruiting from other uh, fan bases, other coaching staff, so you can't recruit to West Texas, you can't recruit to Texas Tech. Well, that's just absolutely false. You just got to have the right guys in here. And it's not just McGuire, it's his whole staff. I mean, uh, James Blanchard. I mean, you go down the list, Kenny Perry, uh, assistant coach, just all Emmett Jones. I mean, they got us, they got, they have a staff of superstar recruiters, and they know exactly what they're doing, they know how to do it, and they're, they're crushing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it really is crazy. You know, just all the pictures of all the high schools they've been to, and, mm -hmm. I mean, and they're going, it seems like they're going everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen them posting pictures of high schools I have never <laughs> heard of. And I've, been in, I've been in Texas a long time, and, and it's just, it's, it's crazy, the, the, uh, the depth of recruit. I mean, they're going, it, it literally seems like they're everywhere. Y'all are going to get tired of hearing me say this, but it's just the connections they have with, within this state with the high school coaches is as good as we're ever, we're ever going to see. Yeah. You know, it's not, it is McGuire, big time. But it's also, like I said, Kenny Perry, Emmett Jones. You just keep going down the list. I mean, man, it's it's fun. It's fun to cover and, and follow Texas Tech football recruiting again. Yeah. Well, man, tell us about some of the yeah. uh, these guys that committed. Well, first off, we'll start with the 2022 class. I already mentioned, uh, you know, Coy Eakin. Uh, he's a 6'2 receiver out of Stephenville. Um, he caught 93 passes for over 2,000 yards. He also, in the state championship game against uh, Austin LBJ, uh, he he was the, the MVP. He saved his best performance for last. Um, he caught a couple touchdown passes. He also, there was one interception where the, his quarterback was trying to force it to him, and it was a bad throw or miscommunication, and it was an interception, and he hustled back uh, and knocked the ball out of the, of the defender's hands into one of his teammates' hands for a touchdown. He also uh, recovered an onside kick late to seal. The, the game and they put him at safety to help on defense and he got a big interception in the end zone so wow. he even covered some punts and made some really impressive tackles so Dang. he was a guy that didn't have a lot of big time offers until late but he had made that performance and TCU offered UNT was making and Seth Latrell made a big push for him and I mean there was even a crystal ball pick for him to go to TCU but he came out here last weekend during he was Obviously not a junior, but he was here during that junior day weekend. And, uh, man, McGuire and them closed it. They closed the deal. And uh, there was talk maybe that he was going to be a gray shirt, but he told me no gray shirt. It's a, it's a full scholarship. And uh, he said basically it was simple that 
you know, Joey McGuire and his staff are building a winning culture and winning program. And he said, I just feel like I have to be a part of it. I just, I really want to be a part of what they're trying to do out here. So uh, it's that simple, you know, and I hear that over and over. You're like, man, what these guys are doing, it's, it's, it's going to be next level. It's going to be something really special. And I just, you know, I can go here or there, but I, I, I really want to be a part of this. So yeah. he was supposed to sign on signing day on Wednesday, but because of this dang weather, um, they postponed it to Monday. So he's going to sign Monday, and he's supposed to be here in June. So nice. All right. I, and I, you know, for a late class addition, he's great. I mean, you look, they signed 18 high school recruits. So they doubled what they, when he got here in November, yeah. they doubled the amount of high school and some really good players. And then they got, you know, a bunch of transfers that are going to come in and play immediately. So yeah. great class. It ended up being, it went from like an okay class. It was around 80th, which is not that great, to be honest. Uh, when he got here, last in the Big 12, uh, right now it's, that 2022 class is 43rd and 7th. So okay. he salvaged a decent class. Yeah, so yeah. That 2023 class, so they picked up five commits since junior day. Five, all right? That's a fifth of your class, okay? Wow. <laughs> Just from that junior day event. And don't forget, we're in, you know, that was January. We're in February. Normally, right at this point of a recruiting cycle, Tech has one, maybe two commits. And it's normally like a legacy, like he knew he was going to commit to Tech because his parents or whatever, you yeah. know? And no, they have ten, and they have, or they have, uh, yeah, ten commits, and it's ranked tenth in the country, tops in the Big Twelve right now. It's early, and a lot of these guys aren't aren't rated yet. That's one thing is because of this is like a uh, a part of COVID and everything is that, yeah, there's camps now and there's more seven on seven now, but because there wasn't a year or so ago, it's everything's delayed. It's still a backup from COVID yeah. that these evaluations aren't up to date but they will this spring a lot of guys will get ratings and think we'll really get an idea of just how good this class is but again they're up to 10 commits with the 2023 class uh one of the first guys uh that that announced their commitment uh, was chapman lewis he's a safety out of burleson centennial 61170 again he's not rated but um yeah he has offers from from other big 12 schools um i, I talked to him it was the same. All these guys said basically the same thing, that they came out, they had one of the best visits, they uh, they they ate, they toured all the facilities, they everybody loved the photo shoot. Now, how many photos did we see of recruits in, oh, in yeah. tech gear? You know, they, a ton, yeah. they they there were so many that uh, their cleats tore up like the set. You could see it, like yeah, because yeah, yeah, they like, had so heck, many. Man? It was yeah. like cattle coming through, just tearing yeah. up the pasture. You know, like there's yeah. no grass there anymore <laughs> because so many came through. Uh, another guy who committed, I, I really like this guy, uh, is Tyrone West, six two. He looks, he plays six four, like he's six four out of Humble, Texas. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, but I think they're going to play him a receiver and probably outside receiver. And I think one thing to notice is they're recruiting receiver like. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury did in terms of numbers. I mean, obviously, Kitley, Zach Kitley in here. Do they want to be able to run the ball, line up with some tight ends? Yes, but let's be honest. This is going to be a version of the air raid. You're going to see four or five wide receivers a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe you have a tight end flexed out like a Jason Morrow, you know, yeah. who, could, who could, you know, come down in the formation. He can uh, motion or whatever. They can do a lot of things uh, with, with, with that kind of player's versatility, but they're going to recruit and be heavy with receiver. Now they still want obvious. to run the ball, though, They still right? want to run I mean, the ball. Not, yeah. Yep, no, there's no... And McGuire told me that himself. Like, look, there's going to be times where we want to impose our will and run the ball, and you have to if you want to win yeah. You know, the, the Big 12, which is what they're trying to do. Right. Then uh, you, you got to be able to at some point. So they're still recruiting running backs. They're still... Um, 
they still want to do that, but just watch what they do. You know, I always watch what staffs do, not what they say. They're recruiting a lot of receivers to, yeah. to spread it spread it wide. So speaking of running back, Anquan Willis is a two-way player, listed as an athlete, linebacker, and running back. You watch his tape on running back, you're like, man, play him at running back. He's amazing. <laughs> uh, he's out of Wichita Falls Rider, six foot two twenty. So I mean, he's ready to come Great in program and play. There yeah. Too, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. How many guys you know have come through? There's at least a couple of guys right now, and of course. Like TJ Vasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some guys back in the day, too, some other receivers, um, some good players that came from there and played for Tech. But Willis is, you watch his highlights, and I understand why they won't play him a linebacker because he's a good linebacker, too. But man, his running backer highlights are like, or highlights are like, like he could come in and be in the rotation, maybe the wow. fourth or fifth guy. Like, like now, he's, he's that good. Uh, so, but they weren't done there. Uh, Caleb Smith. Is a 6'1", 180-pound receiver. Again, Frisco Reedy. Um, it's funny. He came in. He actually visited two springs ago. He just likes Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, a different coaching staff. But then he was offered in November, so very soon after uh, Coach McGuire got here. And then this is an Emmett Jones special, finding this guy. And He was supposed to be out here at the junior day, but he didn't make it because he was at a 7-on-7 event. Uh, I just talked to him the other day when he committed and uh, in Orlando. But he tore it up at that event. Like even t- he, had, there's, he was in a story, a national story by 24-7 Sports, and he was one of the standouts. He was just open all day. And so they saw that, and they're like, all right, you know, yeah. come on. You know? yeah. So they kind of put, you know, they closed. They said, all right, we want you. We want you to play receiver. Because there were some talks of him playing DB, and he was like, Ugh, I kind of want to play receiver. You know? yeah. But I'll, I want to help the team. Okay, but I really see myself as a receiver at the next level. And he tore it up. They're like, all right, we'll take you. Yeah. Emmett Jones was like, yeah, I can, I, can, I can find space for you. So when, when you, you know, you're talking about the guys that aren't, you know, they're just with the way the delays and, like, stars and things, you know, because everybody always yeah. says, you know, four-star, you know, and that kind yeah. of stuff. But do these guys seem to be so far, like, great talent evaluators or, you oh, know, yeah. potential? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, you always think, oh, i got those four-star guys. But sometimes the great teams are able to find those guys that are, you know, you just identify talent and know I can coach that guy and this, you know, and they end up being great players. So does it seem like they, not only are they great recruiters, but they're great talent evaluators too? That's a great question. And, you know, yes. But to to really answer that question, like we talk about these connections they have. Well, when these coaches have a guy coming up that nobody knows about, they call their friends. And Joey McGuire is their friend. Yeah. A great example of that is Calvin Simpson Hunt, who I created his profile for him when he came to visit, I don't know, a couple months ago or whatever. Uh, and Tech offered him. They were the first to offer him. Nobody heard about him. Now, I can't even tell you how many offers he has. Uh, i got to look up his profile because it's crazy how, people, how many people want him. Arizona State, Boston College, Houston, Louisville. Uh, he's up to 10 offers now. Uh, just go. I mean, it's he has a, a whole bunch of Division One, Power Five offers now, yeah. and it's in Oklahoma sniff around. Texas wants them, uh, but Texas Tech was the first to offer him. Uh, his head coach, who he's really close with, Calvin Simpson Hunt, he's a cornerback at Waxahachie. Uh, like I said, I, nobody. I had to create his profile. Yeah. Uh, he said, they're the first to offer me. They're the ones who, you know, discover me. I'm going to be loyal to Texas Tech. He was out here for junior day, too. And he yeah. said, this is still home. I'm yeah. 100% committed to Texas Tech. So Oregon offered, uh, and then Vanderbilt offered. Those are the, the main ones. But like yeah. I said, o- uh, Oklahoma, UT, all, he's going to have offers from everybody. He's going to get to go wherever he wants to, basically. Yeah. He's that kind of player. And you, wow. you see him play, it's like, this guy, he looks like he's in college already. You know, no <laughs> wonder. But that's 
So is that talent evaluation or is that just having great relationships? Right. You know what I mean? Like they saw him, so okay, you know. Yeah. Another guy, this is from the 2022 uh, class, Tavares Elson uh, from Louisiana or Alabama. From Alabama. He's the guy who I said uh, looks like Slay. He's just violent, oh, yeah. you know, and he's one of the guys that Joey McGuire was most excited about. And James Blanchard, uh, you know, one of the recruiting support. I think he's the director of player personnel. One of those titles, you know. Yeah. He's one of the main cogs in the in, in what in recruiting. He just saw his huddle and was like, "Who the heck is this guy?" So that's talent evaluation. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't have any major offers. A couple more offers after Tech. You know, he did pick up before signing day, but. He's one of the guys I'm most excited about, too. You watch his tape, like, this guy is violent. He's fast. You know, why didn't anybody, why wasn't anybody on him? Yeah. And they just found him watching, like, just, and I asked Coach McGuire on Sunday, where was, where'd you find this guy? How'd you know about, you know, and it was just Blanchard watching tape and saying, we got to offer this guy. Yeah. You know? So they called his coach and everything. Yeah. Now he's, wow. he's a Red Raider. He signed. Yeah, you know, cool. he's going to be yeah. here this summer. So. Yeah. Seems like they outwork. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be a staff that outworks most yeah. teams. I mean, you know, it's just... You know what's cool, too, is they don't, like... I've covered staffs that are like, oh, man, we're just going all the time. They just talk about how hard they work. And it's true. I, they're like, this is what we do. This is what we love. I, yeah. I you know, truly love doing this. So, yeah. some of them have certain personality traits. You wonder, like, man, <laughs> yeah, it might be on the spectrum, but it works for what you're doing. You know, yeah. some of those yeah. guys, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of like Leach. You know, like, we were like, this guy, is, he's not all there, but man... Some of those personality traits work out, you know, for him to be a you know successful coach. But no, I I only expect it to get better. Yeah. I really do. Like I, this is I think this is just the beginning. Well, I, I was about to say, I mean, they haven't even had a a season yet to yeah. play. <laughs> right. And they're already they got all this going, and in your rhyme, it's just the beginning. I mean, to see everything that they're doing, and they haven't even had a chance to feel the team yet. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in always trying to learn new things and just keep getting you know. Uh, new tricks, new 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 tools for your toolbox, you know. And a lot of these uh, staffs I've covered, where I've been like, "Man, you should be doing this. You should be doing that." I find with this staff, I'm like, "Whoa, that's why they did that. That's really cool. I never thought about that." You know, yeah. like this happens a lot with the staff. Like, and it's just they're just on it. They're so prepared. They, they're creative with what they do, and they're amazing on social media. Like you said, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun. I don't want to say it's fun to cover Texas Tech football recruiting again. Yeah, it's like I said. I I just I find myself my head spinning almost yeah. because I mean there's just so much going on and it's just amazing to. I mean I can remember you know times where there were just it was easy to keep up with yeah, it because yeah. there'd be one guy maybe every you know few months or something and now it's just like a whirlwind of every day. You're like, man, what the heck, man? So I love hearing your updates. They've been here since November. Joe McGuire and Blanchard have been here since November, yeah. and they have 19 high school commits and how many transfers? I don't. And then yeah. the preferred walk-ons. I'm like, I've given up trying to keep track of that. It's like, <laughs> uh, we'll see what's what in spring and spring ball. Yeah. Which, hey, that's coming up. They announced that too, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And man, we're going to cover the heck out of that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, all right. Well, uh, gosh, there's just always so much recruiting now, and that's that's a lot of fun. All right. We come back here. It'll be time to uh, unveil this week's Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Rocco Miller by popular demand. Is he coming back or not? Uh, actually, we have a uh, special guest. Tony Patelis came back. Oh, oh Tony Patelis. That's, that's a blast from the it past. Is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Very good. Uh, late breaking. Um, live. <laughs> late breaking. Um, all right, so Tony Patelis uh, on uh, on with us next year with the Rockin' 25 uh, here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings on 82nd Brownfield Highway on 101.
This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Sponsored by Meineke, Sanko, and Bud Light. It's time to release the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll on the Rockin' Pregame. All right, college basketball is inching toward March, and once again, we have our rocketologist from the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll, joined by analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, also founder of the ACC Basketball Report, Michael Hunter, and Rockin' 25 voter, Tony Patelis, returning to the show. Which game in the last week showed you something that changed your view about Selection Sunday approaching swiftly? Well, the only thing I really have to say is uh, roll tide, baby. I, uh, I stopped by Bama <laughs> over the last few weeks. I mentioned the game against Baylor probably about a month ago as the game that was coming up this season that I was really looking forward to this year. I stuck by Bama. They went in. They got that huge win at home over Baylor. Of course, they promptly followed it up by a bit of a letdown against their arch nemesis in, in Auburn. But overall, you know, I think that win is something that solidifies them as one of the top maybe 15, 20 teams in the nation. The only problem is they have to string together a couple of nice performances before we start to reward them with a ranking in our poll. I think the biggest thing for me right now in this season is that really anybody in the poll can lose to anyone else in roughly the top 35 or 40, which which feels kind of cliche, but it really wasn't that case as recently as last season when we had two real clear-cut teams that were atop the standings for most of the season. I feel like right now there's about a dozen national championship contenders, and that's kind of reflected on in our rankings this week. You know, we have Villanova at 13. We have Illinois at 14. Those two teams are absolutely national title contenders. I think it's going to be an incredibly insane tournament this year that I'm really looking forward to. You know, I would say that there's probably two games that I think of. It's probably LSU losing at TCU on Saturday then losing at home to Ole Miss on Tuesday. Ole Miss, that's a team that I have rated somewhere in the 90 to 100 range. Will Wade has to figure something out. The Tigers just have not performed up to par lately. Granted, they started the season red hot. They created a solid foundation for themselves, but now they've had six straight games with negative game ratings at my site. That's versus the analytical expectation. And LSU has had their issues offensively this year. We've talked about that before. They're right around number 100 in offensive efficiency. That's not great for an SEC team. But their defense at least was elite for the long time, for a long, long time, up until these last two games. And looking at the data before a game goes analytically final, in their first 20 games, the adjusted defensive efficiency for LSU was below one point per possession in every single game. Never once did they give up more than a point per possession or more. In those last two games I just mentioned, their adjusted defensive efficiency was roughly about 1.12 points per possession in each contest. That is not great. I think LSU is really kind of struggling right now. They need a tourniquet of sorts to stop the bleeding because at this rate, they're fading fast. And they're slipping down those seed lines in the bracketology projections. Most recently, they slipped down to the five line for me. Yeah, I think the other thing about LSU is 215th in the nation in three-point shooting. They're also past 200 in a, uh, the experience metric as well. A lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen on this team, those guys may be hitting the wall as we get kind of late into the season. Well, let's release the Rockin' 25 poll for this week. Auburn with nine number one votes is number one. Gonzaga holding second by one point with four number one votes. Kentucky, after their 18-point victory against Kansas, jumps into the top five and third with a number one vote. UCLA and Purdue round out the top five. Michael, Kentucky's on a roll and screaming up the top 25. What's the 4-1-1 on them? 
4-1-1 is that they're good. And apart from maybe Auburn, which is the best team in the country, the Wildcats are arguably the hottest team in the nation. You know, you think about Big Blue Nation has lost to this season. Duke, Notre Dame, and South Bend, Fighting Irish have actually been pretty impressive this season after some real letdown years. Recently, LSU and Auburn, when LSU was, was very good when they were rolling, as Eric just stated. You know, there's not a bad loss in that bunch. Up until a couple weeks ago, you could point out to who they've beaten, which was really nobody. But since January 15th, they've defeated Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Kansas. Oscar Shibway is an All-American, putting up 16 and 15 this season, one of the most dominant big men in the entire country. And Kellen Grady's averaged about 16 points a game and shooting 48% from deep, while Ty Ty Washington seemingly hit the freshman wall over the last three games. You know, if this team is this good while Washington is struggling, which he's one of the best freshmen in the entire nation, then imagine how good they're going to become tournament time when he probably gets his second win and this Kentucky team recovers and is firing on all cylinders. You know, Severe Wheeler, a little bit dinged up lately. If he can get healthy and they can get Ty Ty Washington back on track, this team's a real contender for the national championship. Well, 6-13 of the Rockin' 25 has Baylor struggling at 6, Houston gliding through the Americans at 7, Duke, Kansas and Arizona wrap up the top 10. Eric, Houston is gliding and they don't have a single tier one win yet, yet they are number two in the net. What does the analytics say about the Cougars? Well, despite their lack of big wins, the analytics say they're holding firm and they're a top 10 team, something that I honestly didn't think they'd be at this point if you asked me maybe a month ago. And the reason for that, as we've discussed many times before, were the, uh, the season-ending injuries to Marcus Sasser and, and Tremont Mark, who combined for almost 28 points per game this season. Those injuries made the future, I wouldn't say it would have it made it bleak, but it made it not as rosy for the Cougars. But to their credit, they've continued to, to chug along. They went undefeated throughout the entire month of January. And that, again, is a credit to Kelvin Sampson, who still has Houston in the top 12 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. That's the kind of balance that makes championship teams. The team is number one in field goal attempt rate. They get the most out of every time they touch the basketball. And on D, they're frankly elite. Number 11 in defensive field goal percentage. They really force the opposition to chuck the long ball, preferably under duress. And it's also a credit to the team's depth, being able to withstand those big injuries and still produce with upperclassmen leadership like Kyler Edwards, who's averaging a team-high 14, 15 points a game. Big guys like Josh Carlton with Fabian White and Reggie Chaney. Now, in the long run, will those injuries and will that change in depth affect the team going forward, especially against teams from a conference better than the American. You know, we talked about their lack of big wins. They're 0-2 versus Quadrant 1. You know, that remains to be seen. But in my humble opinion, Houston has outperformed the expectations, especially after the injury bug bit them in December. All right, exclusive to the Rockin' pregame, it is the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologist Michael Hunter, Eric Haslam, and Tony Patelis. The middle five of the Rockin' 25 has Texas Tech at 11 this week. Wisconsin down five to number 12. Villanova checks in at 13. Illinois jumping up to 14. And Michigan State falling one spot down to 15. Gentlemen, as we get closer to the finish line, the top 15 are pulling away in votes. Which of the top 15 teams won't be in the final four? Probably have to go with Villanova. Um, you know, Jay Wright is probably a top 5, 10 coach in college basketball. But this year's team, I think they have a little bit too many flaws. You know, they've been up and down all year. I think his coaching certainly, you know, you know, ups their level of play in a lot of these games. But I just don't think they have the depth this year. Their size is a problem. So I would probably have to go with Villanova for with a team that's not going to be in that Final Four. I don't know if they can make that type of run uh, with the roster they have this season. You know, like I said earlier, I would go with all of them to be contenders for the Final Four, probably up to – 
14, I would say, where Illinois is. If I had to call the herd a little bit, I'd eliminate Wisconsin simply due to their heavy reliance on Johnny Davis. I know he's got a solid supporting cast. You know, Brad Davidson's a fantastic defensive player, can, you know, shoot the three fairly well as well. Tyler Wall coming back was big in their most recent game. But I just tend to fade teams that have that star and little supporting cast after. I don't mean that to, to diminish the skills of the of the surrounding cast at Wisconsin, but I don't see anybody else in that supporting cast that if Johnny Davis puts up a, a one for seven night that Wisconsin's gonna be able to overcome that. I'll go ahead and flip my opinion and go against myself on the second choice and go against uh, Michigan State as well due to their lack of a star power. So the Spartans have a bunch of nice players, but lack of a go-to guy that you can maybe put in an isolation play and he can go get a bucket for you. I like Gabe Brown. I like Malik Hall. I like Marcus Bingham. But, you know, they're, they're great stingy guys defensively. Michigan State's a great defensive team, which is probably, probably have a little bit of success in the tournament. I think they do everything pretty well. But I'm thinking a Sweet 16 appearance is probably their ceiling as far as tournament time goes. You know, it's funny that Michael mentions that. You know, I'm a Wisconsin fan just outside of Madison here in Big Ten country. But he picked out two teams that I would have picked the exact same two teams, and that's Wisconsin and Michigan State as the teams that I probably wouldn't put in that club. The analytics, specifically the performance rankings, consider both of those teams to be less of a power than what their record quality implies. That's telling me that they're more right for an upset than the others. But because I looked at my own rankings earlier today, and there's almost this breaking point in the rankings where, in my opinion, the first tier ends and the second tier starts. And the first tier consists of Final Four contenders. The second tier, eh, not so much in my opinion. And, and if you look at the last three teams in the top tier per my own rankings, it's Texas Tech, it's UCLA, and it's Illinois. If you told me that any of those teams made it to New Orleans, I would not be shocked for a minute. Even UCLA, who has finally earned the respect of the analytics, is in that group. Then you look at the next three teams, which will be the first three teams in the second tier. That's Tennessee, that's Indiana, and that's Texas. That's where I really start having my doubts. So, in my own opinion, there are about a baker's dozen number of teams out there that on paper have the potential to run the table in March. We'll see if I'm right or not in the long term. If I had to go one more just on my gut, I would say Arizona. Just just on gut alone. That, that There's no real reason for it. It's just it feels like an upset. Come turn well, they, they they came out of the gates really hot. You wonder going to be due for some sort of correction. That's right. Well, 16 through 20 of the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. Providence is up one to 16. Ohio State down one to 17. Xavier flying up six slots to number 18. Tennessee is 19. Marquette 20. Michael, which team are you going to jinx from these five this week? I'm going to go with Providence. <laughs> uh, just, that was such a great game in that win over Marquette the other night. That arena was rocking. And the play by Nate Watson towards the end of the game was just was phenomenal. It was a man-sized play. It got everybody amped. Twitter went crazy. It was one of the, the funner moments so far for college basketball for me on the season to see how people from all across the country kind of reacted to that play in that game in the Big East. So, but as much as Ed Cooley may love Al Durham, um, he just really isn't efficient enough for me to get really behind him. However, like I said, I love Nate Watson. I think he's one of the most underrated big men in the entire nation. Jared Bynum kind of has a flair for the dramatic, which I like. You know, they also have tremendous role players in Justin Minaya, who's a tremendous defensive player, and Noah Hertzler, who's a fantastic rebound. The Friars visit a bad Georgetown team next. Then they host DePaul and Villanova. They have an opportunity to put some really nice wins on the board over the next four weeks with four of their seven games coming at home where they're a perfect 13-0 on the season. So I think Providence has the ability to really 
move up uh, both metrically and in the standings and put themselves maybe on that three-line, four-line area. But uh, they got some work to do. Fortunately for them, a lot of their games are going to come at home. So I, I like Providence moving forward. It is such an incredible gap between their record quality and their performance ranking right now. Their record quality for me is three. Um, their, their performance ranking is in the low 60s. It's just such an incredible gap. And that's what happens when if you look at their last five games. You got an eight-point home win over number 169 Georgetown. You got a seven-point home win over number 158 Butler. You know, you're beating St. John's number 89 by four points. And, you know, they do have the wins over there. They beat Xavier by three. They beat Marquette by two. It's a team that just finds a way to win. It's very frustrating for the analytics because typically teams like Providence, who are allegedly top 25, are blowing out teams. They're even mediocre teams. They're getting games in there where they're beating teams by 25 or 30. Providence just doesn't seem to do that. And that's frustrating because a lot of people are pointing the finger at the analytics saying, see, they don't know what they're doing. But they're not giving you an indication that they have that fingerprint of an elite team. They do find ways to win. I, I can't deny that. But at this point, it's really hard for me to get behind the Flyers. All right. The final five of the Rockin' 25 has USC at 21, UConn at 22, Boise State at 23, Murray State at 24, while LSU slides down to 25. Tony, we give a lot of hell to USC, but is Trojan Fury the team to watch in the Pac-12? Well, they certainly are, I think, the sleeper team in the Pac-12. You know, Arizona and UCLA get most of the attention, but, you know, UCLA sitting at 18-3. and three. Um, What I like about this club is their experience. You know, their top five, six guys are all juniors and seniors. Um, they're a solid defensive team, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They have a star in Isaiah Mobley. So, you know, they're kind of the forgotten team, like I said. You know, they're, they're, they're certainly ranked in uh, – you know, they're going to be a, a, a lock NCAA tournament team, but I think they're the team to kind of, you know, keep your eyes open at with the Pac-12. You know, Arizona and UCLA are going to be one, two seeds, but, uh, you know, USC is a solid club that could sneak into the tournament and definitely make it to the second weekend. All right, other teams receiving votes this week. Alabama, Arkansas, Davidson, Indiana, Iowa State, Loyola, Chicago, Miami, North Carolina, St. Mary's, also Texas, Wyoming, and, uh, Eric, what analytic facts are interesting you as the season is starting to come to an end? You know, I would just say probably like just the overall conference rankings, which I compile and tweet out every so often. Using my own rankings, what I do is I take the top five ranked team in each conference, the middle five teams and the bottom five teams, and then you average out those three to arrive at a final result. As of this past Monday, the Big 12 stands alone, number one. The Big Ten is solidly behind them. And then you kind of have these pairings of conferences. But fighting for third is the SEC and the Big East. There are different conferences. There's much more parity in the Big East. The SEC is much more of a top-heavy, bottom-heavy conference. We talked about the great teams in the SEC. At the bottom, you have the Georgias, the Ole Misses, and Vanderbilts, and the Missouris. When you talk about teams that are fighting for fifth, the ACC and the Pac-12 are very closely matched when you're fighting for seventh. The Mountain West and the American are very closely matched. It's very interesting to see that the, the Atlantic 10, who was once arguably the first best conference outside the power conferences, they're not even a top 10 conference anymore. They're behind the Missouri Valley. They're behind the West Coast Conference. Of data doesn't really make a ton of difference in the big scheme of things, but people still like to debate conference strength. 
And when you break it down in the manner I did, it's very interesting to see where all the chips land this year. Probably most of all, I would say the most interesting thing is probably how the ACC continues to slide deeper and deeper with each passing season. That's one of the things that is a talking point for a lot of people, and it just continues to happen time and time again. And it's going to continue to get worse as these coaches continue to retire from the ACC. You know, when Mike Bray and Jim Beheim and some of these other guys leave, ACC is going to continue to slide. Well, it's the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our rocketologists Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Tony Patelis. Fellas, which game is the one you have to watch out for in the next week? Well, my site rates the games based on a number of factors from a zero star to four star. Obviously, you have a couple four star games on Saturday. That's Baylor at Kansas. That's Duke at North Carolina. But another, you know, kind of similar to last week, another under-the-radar game to watch out for. I talked about Colorado State and Wyoming last week. That was a great one. Well, we're going back to Wyoming this Tuesday. The Cowboys host Utah State, who is a top-30 team at Haslametrics.com. Wyoming, in my opinion, has played their way into the NCAA tournament for the moment, maybe even as an at-large by beating Colorado State. Utah State is going to provide a stiff test for them. It's a very well-balanced unit, competent on both ends of the floor. The analytics actually have Utah State projected to win that matchup by less than half a point. So we saw Wyoming and Colorado State go to overtime last week. We might be looking at some more overtime here based on the game projection. Yeah, for me, I'm going to get a two-for-one this week when I go with Michigan and Purdue. They're going to go home-and-home this week on Saturday and Thursday. And, you know, Michigan is in desperate need of a huge win. Looking at the net rankings heading into the first week of February, I just understand the the formula even less as they have a net ranking of 53, but they're two and seven against quadrant one and twos, and they have a quad three loss. RPI of 66. I guess their strength of schedule is respectable at uh, 29 overall, but you know five and five in their last ten. They're going to get a couple cracks at Purdue. I definitely don't expect them to win in La- West Lafayette, but they need to win this game at the Chrysler Center to kind of get their mojo back and get them where we all expected them to be coming into the season. So um, maybe not high on uh, on Haslam's star rating, but uh, <laughs> I think it should be a great game because because Michigan really needs to get one of these wins. If they get swept. It's going to be very difficult for them coming down the road because their schedule is not easy coming down the stretch. game I'm going to watch, I'm going to look forward to, is Kansas and Baylor. Um, Baylor is a team that I think a lot of people just kind of forget about for some reason. And if you look at what's going on with that roster right now, they're banged up. They've, they've been missing you know, key players. Uh, so if they, get, if they get healthy, this is one of the top three, four teams in the country, a team that could win the national title. I think people are somewhat sleeping on them, and they just aren't, you know, putting into the factor that they're, you know, an injury plagued team right now. But when when Baylor is healthy and clicking, this is a team that could easily go all the way again and repeat, which which would be a pretty cool thing to see because we don't see that very often in college basketball. So, Baylor Kansas is definitely a game I'm looking forward to, if Baylor is healthy. All right, where can uh, people find your work? Find me on Twitter at the CBBIQ as well as at ACCBR1 as well as some of my written articles at basketballarticles.com and some wagering previews at spookyexpress.com. I'm still on Twitter, at Tony Patelis. Um, I basically, you know, talk about college basketball and uh, try to add some humor into it. So if you want to catch me, um, it's at Tony Patelis. My last name is P-A-T-E-L-I-S. And as always, people can find my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analyticallyfinal at, at Haslametrics. 
We're getting closer to the madness. Our thanks to the Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Tony Patelis for breaking down the analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll, always available at 101thebeard.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, you know, be Jeff in a world. I sound like you. Um, yeah, we sound a lot alike. Yeah. We both sound yeah, like. We sound uh, alike. Yes, you, you don't you know? sing as much as he does. Though. No, I don't. I, I don't uh, bust out into song mercifully. Quite you didn't as appreciate much, that at all. No, I, I didn't. That's disappointing. <laughs> That's disappointing. You know, you had some good ones. Hip hop hooray. In right. fact, it looks like uh, Jarrett's about ready to punch you. I'm just saying. I think he, I think he looks close. That's, a, very close. that's a little aggressive. I don't know about well, that. I don't know. It's, it's that look in your eye that you have when you look at him with it was more indignation. Disappointment, just, yeah, yeah, than like anger. Like. <laughs> He's All looking right. more and more like a dog to me. <laughs> oh. What about a nun? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, rocking twenty-five in the books for today, and then uh, coming that dog up. Will bite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. Coming up uh, next, it is a rocking interview. Uh, Four-star commit Drew Steffi and his dad Matt joining the uh, rocking pregame, and uh, you know, talking about uh, a little bit of his recruitment and things they you know like about tech and what they see happening. Is it? Probably be very interesting. They here, sent so. uh, some pizza and food out to what was it, Raiderville? Oh, the kids yeah, that were okay, camping yeah. out—that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, Raiderville man. It's nice to see that come back. Um, uh, but yeah, as far as uh, food, hey, you mentioned food here. At Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings, where we're at today, here on West 82nd and Bramfield Highway, and uh, come out here today, get you some wings, get you an icy cold one, and celebrate uh, that the sun has come out today. And uh, all is right in the world, right? Sun's How up. How about that? That's right. Sun's up. Guns up. So uh, come by Buffalo Wild Wings. This is the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame on 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame on 101.1. The Beer. Sponsored by Fortenberry Roofing, Wiley Implements, and Hub City Body Shop. Instant impact players. All right, we are joined today by new Texas Tech basketball recruit Drew Steffi and his dad Matt. Welcome to the Rockin' pregame, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, so uh, Matt, you were a former D2 assistant at Quincy and Portland State. How did your knowledge helping recruit uh, separate out uh, the wheat from the chaff? Uh, the, is it chaff? Yeah, chaff, sorry. Uh, during the uh, recruiting process. That was very biblical, Sean. Thank you. There. <laughs> Man, anyway, yeah, I hope you understood that question. I can repeat it if you need me to. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, Quincy was a Division II program. That's actually where I played at. But I played for my best friend, Steve Hawkins, who was a longtime Division II and 18-year Division I coach at Western Michigan. So it was a great opportunity once I got back from playing in Europe to kind of learn the ropes. I actually lived in his house um, the year I was there and then had a chance to get on the staff at Portland State University. I was actually the youngest assistant in the country back then. I was 23 years old, full-time on the road. So learned a lot, met a ton of great people. Um, you know, back then in Portland State, you had guys like you know, Billy Greer, who's the assistant in Colorado, who heavily recruited Drew. He was at Gonzaga. You had Leon Rice at Gonzaga, who's now the head coach of Boise State. Mike Burns is at Boise State with the head coach of Eastern Washington. Um, the guys at Gonzaga were still there uh, back then. So got a chance to learn a ton of stuff over the two years that I was there. And, and really, hopefully, it added to Drew and his recruitment 
and how he looked at things, right? I mean, there's just so much, there's so much politics and, and candidly a bunch of lying that happens in recruiting that I think I was hopefully able to tell him kind of the other side of things on how I would recruit kids, how we got kids, things we told them, um, you know, even timetable stuff, right? Meaning you, you want to be one of the first kids off the board with the school that wants you the most because if you wait around, especially with the transfer portal and the things that have changed in the last year to two years here, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and I think we obviously found that fit uh, in tech and super excited about it. But I do think it helped a lot. It probably uh, wore Drew out a little bit uh, just from a different perspective because I, you know, I've been through it on, on, the, on the side of being recruited and then the side of recruiting other kids for two years. And then I own my own, you know, Nike EYBL program, which is kind of the top level of the AAU scene. So we were able to help kids like Davion Harmon, who's now in Oregon, Tyrese Maxey, who's, you know, a rising star in the all-star game with the Sixers. Uh, kids like that kind of come through the system. So Drew had a chance to see it when they were getting recruited. And when I was helping them kind of do the same thing that we were, we were able to help with, with Drew here lately. So, Drew, for those who missed your breakout performance at the Nike Peach Jam, in which you shot 48% from the field, 41% from three, what kind of player are you? I think I'm an overall player right now. Like, I used to only be known as a shooter or scorer or all that, but I really think my game has come so far that it's just I, I can do whatever the coach tells me to do. Man. Um, I can score at any level. I can pass. I can run the points you need me to. And then I really think I can defend against anybody in the country. And using my length and height and size, I, I mean, I, I just think I'm a complete player. Matt, you spent time playing professionally in Croatia. What tips have you learned from your time overseas that you've shared with your son? Yeah, it's actually interesting. There was two things. The biggest thing was when I was over there, I was on what they would call the senior team, which is the pro team. And, you know, Damon Flynn, if you guys remember him from Cincinnati, was the other American. He was an NBA kid. We were over there together. And it was un unbelievable to watch how their program happened. It was like we would practice from 7 to 10, and then the 15 you would come in from 10 to 12, and the 14 you would come in from 12 to 2. And, I mean, it was literally all day, and then we'd come back and practice from 7 to 9, and they'd have more practice. So they really had like an academy professional feel with young kids. And that leads me to my second point. I realized I was 6'7". I, was I shot the heck out of it. I was an All-American in college. I obviously had a chance to play overseas and what I realized is there was an awful lot of kids that looked just like I looked felt and played just like I played and and I think part of learning that was to help Drew with other parts of his game I, I could never handle a ball like Drew could handle it um, and I wasn't a great passer although I had a positive assist to turnover ratio he's an incredible passer so he actually has a bunch of the European kind of flair and game that we've been able to build really alongside of Tyler Ralph, who's his trainer, who's changed his basketball life. And, and I'd give him all the credit in the world. I taught him how to shoot when he was little, but Tyler's given him the ability to separate himself, to get space, to get his own shot off, to handle the ball, to pass, and really with a chip on his shoulder and a swag and, and thinking he's the best player on the floor at all times, which I think you need to, you need to have at any level, no matter where you're at playing the level that he's going to go play at in the Big 12. Right, so uh, how has your dad helped you along this process, Drew? I just can't thank him enough. I mean, he really he's helped me so much throughout the process. That it's actually crazy. Like, I don't know where I would be right now, like in my in my process of my choosing which school I want to go to without him. And like, he he just taught me everything. 
Um, I, I, I can't really, I can't really even put it into words because he's done so much stuff and gave me great advice along the way, and he really guided me to a direction where it's like, all right, this is what I want, this is what I want to do in college, so where's the best fit for it? And that's why I picked Tech because I feel like it's the best fit for all all the criteria that are needed to be filled. Some people think you can't recruit to West Texas, but you see something special about Lubbock and Texas Tech. What is it? Uh, it's just, it just feels like a family down there. I mean, it's it's not it's not a really big town, not a really small town. It's kind of in the middle, but just the feel around it and the people down there are just so amazing. And that that from that point of view, and then also like the basketball part is just all the coaches, everybody down there. It just made me feel family. And then the basketball is on another level, like fans, everything. It's just it's just crazy down there, and it's really where I want to be at. For me, I, it was you know. There was really two major things. One is is the fit, and, and it's actually funny because when you look at Drew playing high school, there'll be people that don't think it's a great fit because they think that Coach Adams and the staff are so defensive oriented. But Coach Adams did a tremendous job. He literally looked at Drew and said, "Listen, I love big guards. You're big. You're going to be 210, 220 pounds by the time you step on the court." Because we think they have the best strength coach in America, in, in Coach Darby Rich. I think that they think that. A lot of people that I know and trust think that. Um, and, and really they said, listen, there's three things you have to do. Don't don't let them go middle. Maul the baseline when the ball gets on the baseline. And when you get switched onto a big, you got two to three seconds to try not to get dunked on or not to uh, get posted. And you're going to have great help. And Drew can do all those things. So I, I really think that the way that they play is a perfect, perfect fit from the perspective that it's a team-oriented defense. It's not you're on an island trying to guard big 12 level you know players in a one-on-one scenario you're really forcing sideline and baseline with a ton of defensive help with great big strong awesome athletes like they have right now in their in their in their in, in their front court and and ultimately it's a high iq defense which is what drew is he's a high iq kid on both ends and i think that when he plays at tech people will see the iq that he plays at the ability to read defense, the ability to read offense, the ability to be in the right spot in both of those scenarios. And then the second thing is, I said this to somebody yesterday, and it's just something I've been using, where I said, they have what he needs, which is the ability to get him stronger, bigger, laterally better, defensive-oriented, and and we have, or Drew has, what they need, which is a stretch-the-floor, long guard that's going to hopefully break you know Big 12 records and three-pointers made. That's just what he does with a lot of other stuff to his game where you can't just guard him or face guard him because he's going to go by you and he's going to draw help and he's going to you know, hit people with lobs and get out on the break. Um, and, and, and that's that's a unique combination where you find something that, you know, the family or the kid has what the school needs and the school has what the kid and the player need. And then I think the last thing is, look, Drew's a super chill kid. People love him. He, 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 all he wants to do is play basketball. You have the number one, you know, probably basketball facility in the world right now. I've been in about 18 or 20 of the NBA facilities. I was just in the Sixers facility because our kid that grew up in our program, Tyrese Maxey, is there. And I think that the Womble Center is nicer than all of them. And that's where Drew's going to spend, you know, 80% of his time. If he's not in class, he's going to be in the Womble Center or chilling at the house. So Lubbock, as, as a fun college town, fits his personality really, really well. You know, he had Xavier, which is in Cincinnati, kind of downtown Cincinnati as a finalist. Colorado is a great college town in Boulder. St. Louis University is in a city right downtown. 
And then TCU is in a city in Fort Worth. It has a little college feel, but it's really a city. So the best campus environment for what he wants to do, which is play in the NBA, is, is at Tech. So those are the three things that we really look for, and they just kind of all knocked off the list. And, you know, the other stuff that Drew said with the staff, that's been incredible, but those are the three kind of non-staff-related things that, that really, really made it kind of an easy decision when it's all said and done. Uh, talk about the facilities more that you've seen and, and how the Womble compares. I mean, it, it's, it's really crazy because I went into, when I took my first unofficial visit there, I, I really didn't expect a lot of things. I was just kind of going down there because I had built a good relationship with the coaches. And I got there and it's like, oh my God, there's a new crazy multi-million dollar facility that just got built six months ago. And I walked in and it was like, it was no, nothing like I've seen before. Like I've been to a bunch of different colleges, a bunch of different facilities and it's really a top it's probably the best facility i've ever stepped foot in just from the college aspect of it and it is it, it, it was really it, it was a game changer and it was just it's amazing hey drew where do you see the future for the red raiders with you at guard i'm going down there to win that, that's one thing about me like I, stats all that it'll come along the way but i'm going down there to win and i, I really want to bring, bring multiple big 12 championships to Texas Tech, and I want to go win a national championship. I want to do something that nobody else and no other team has done before, and those are, those are really my two main goals going in there, and I, all I want to do is win. Matt, your wife uh, and you both are very competitive. She in soccer, you in basketball. How excited are you that you're close so Ava and Dylan and the entire family can go watch Drew? Yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. Look, the only two Final Four trophies in my house came from my wife, not from me. Uh, everybody thinks it came from, from basketball, but she was a national defensive player of the year in Division II soccer. Um, they went the two Final Fours. She's in the Hall of Fame at our alma mater at Quincy University. I'm in the Hall of Fame as well. So it's been really fun because Drew's been able to go to those. We, I got put in three years ago. She got put in this last summer. So Drew's actually been able to come to both of those kind of ceremonies and be around. You know, it's Division Two, so it's not as as big time as what Drew's going to go do. But at the time, we had Bruce Pearl at Southern Indiana, my guy Steve Hawkins at Quincy, Royce Waltman at Indianapolis, um, Ray Harper, who's now at Jacksonville State with the head coach of Kentucky Westland. That league went to 15 straight national championship games from the same league with three different schools when I was there the four years I was there. I played against Bruce 13 different times um, in the four years I played at, at, at Quincy. He was at Southern Indiana. So... Drew's been able to be around that and see that and all of that. And obviously the proximity is amazing, right? It's a 45-minute flight. America and the Southwest have 10 flights a day each way. We're coming back to the Baylor game. I just did the flights for, for me and Drew and my wife, and it was like $600 for all three of us round trip to go down to the Baylor game in two weeks. Um, and obviously there's a bunch of local stuff here. And we're just excited to support them. I mean, we're going to support the heck out of them. We've got a, our daughter who's 15 is going to be a sophomore next year. She's a big-time volleyball player. Um, hopefully we'll be you know, at the level that Drew's at in volleyball. So we're going to be splitting up and doing a lot of fun stuff. But we love watching him. Um, he's got a passion for the game. He's a, he's a, he'll be a crowd favorite. He talks a lot of smack. Uh, but, but people like playing with him, which is going to be the most fun part of the next year for him and I is trying to bring some of his boys with him. You know, we've had a chance to, of putting teams together. I've, I've kind of taken a step back, but we helped put some teams together, Team Griffin, you know, kids like Brandon Garrison and, and K.J. Lewis and, and those type of kids that are, are kids we've grown up with since literally third, fourth grade. I mean, Jared McCain, who's one of the top recruits for Texas Tech, I have video of him and Drew playing each other in fourth grade 
in the John Lucas event in New Orleans that we beat them in when he was playing on We All Can Go. And, I mean, one of the funniest stories in AAU history happened in that specific game. But I have video of Drew playing Jared in fourth grade. So we go way, 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 way back with these kids. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun and, and really follow Tech's lead on who they want. And then we're going to jump into kind of recruiting mode because that's how you go build great teams is kind of getting a bunch of people on the right, you know, on, on the ship rowing in the right direction. And there's a bunch of kids that have reached out. Jared's reached out, Brady Dunlap, Brandon Garrison, KJ, Ron Holland, RJ Jones. They've already hit Drew like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Jalen Lowe's another one out of Houston that we love. So those kind of kids are, are kids that we're going to have a lot of fun trying to get the tech to go play with Drew for one, two, three, four, five years, whatever it might be, and, and really go try to try to hang some banners, which is which is the ultimate goal, right? And that's my most proud thing as a dad is to see what he said, which is he's just a winner. Like, you know, we played a team the other night. We beat him by 40, and, and I, I was yelling at him to take a shot. He's looking at me and started laughing. I think he took three shots in the whole game. We were up 30 at the end of the first quarter. He was just trying to get his boys involved and have fun. And that, that makes for a good teammate and it makes for a kid that other kids want to play with and want to rock out with. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Hey, Drew, what was the best part of your official visit a couple weekends ago? The best part of the official, I mean, it, it, it was so well done. I mean, there was there's so much. Like, I could go in and in on an official visit, but I don't know. The best part to me was probably just like, I don't know, the snacks in the hotel room or like, the, all the food like that but like from my personal visit the best part of that official that I took was definitely me committing there just because I mean it's something I want to do my whole life and it, it just felt so good to get out of the way and be part of such a such a group and a, a, fam, a family and then um, I mean the fans down there when I went to the game was just phenomenal they were they are crazy this insane and I love it so much like it, it was top three basketball atmosphere I've ever been in and it was uh, 11 a.m. on a Saturday game. It wasn't even an uh, 8 o'clock game on a Tuesday night or a Friday night. It was when like they, they were out partying the night before and they had to wake up early to go to the game and it was still a crazy atmosphere. So it, it's just, it was just a blast and then te- Texas Tech, the way they play, it's fun to watch. So I, I just had a blast in the official and it was amazing. Hey, let's put it this way. I'm jealous of, uh, of him being able to play in that environment and um, we played in some fun environments in the Midwest back in the day, but what, what they have cooking down there is unique, different. It, it's become probably the best fan base in the country. And for a kid that plays like Drew and talks on the court like he talks, he's going to have a blast. And, and he needs that. Like, it's going to add – what fans don't realize is how much they add to a kid's game. And I know my kid better than anybody. And and, and the way I saw this uh, intro with – with the Donna's arms this morning on the Texas Tech Twitter, and I sent it to Drew, and I just literally was like, "Can you imagine, like, like the way he plays and, and the way the way that he gets excited about fan support? We have an incredible student section and fan base at our current high school. Um, it has just kind of started this year, where Drew's class, the junior class, has just gone crazy, and it's been so much fun. So that's the fun part is being able to, to watch that and and how committed they are. We have a, my niece and Drew's cousin goes there and. She was sending us videos of the game uh, against Texas a couple of days ago, you know, where she was sitting and doing the surf swag. And, I mean, it's just such a unique thing, man. It's like that's what I was telling some of these kids that, that we want to come play with Drew. It's like you just don't understand until you're there the feeling that you have and the level of intensity and excitement that, like, every possession matters. And it, and it does matter what they're doing. And I think that that's only going to get better and better and better. And, and Coach Adams has done an incredible job of keeping that going this year. And there's just – 
there's no way they take a step back. So he's going to have a blast. They're going to have a blast with him. That's what's going to be so fun. All right, Drew Steffi, Dad Matt, thanks for joining us here on the Rock and Pregame, and we'll see you both soon. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate all the support. Yeah, all right. There you go. Man, exciting times uh, in uh, Texas Tech basketball, that's for sure. Um, all right, so still to come here, uh, back to uh, some uh, Red Raiders recruiting. Uh, yeah. I guess we got some reactions from Junior Day, where you said like 100-plus guys yeah. were in town, and um, you know, there was, we already mentioned earlier in the show about a bunch of the guys that already committed from that junior day. But as far as just the reactions uh, from what, uh, yeah, the what they did the and program, all that. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll have that coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're live from Buffalo Wild Wings on West 82nd near Brownfield Highway. Come by, grab some wings, an icy cold one, and uh, hang out with us here today on 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right, so uh, football junior day, uh, over probably 100-plus uh, guys in town, a bunch of them uh, already committed. But some of the reactions and, uh, you know, kind of what they what they did and enjoyed from, from junior day now, Jarrett. Yeah. First off, they fed them. you got to feed all those recruits, right? That's a lot of food probably. I bet those guys can put away the groceries. They really can. And uh, so I think they took them over to the cash, you know, the where, where the athletes eat. That facility right over there by all, you know, all the other, like the by the Jones and by the uh football facility and all that the what do they call the football training facility yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i guess it's gonna be called the womble right moving up it's gonna be called womble two or whatever what are they gonna call it yeah i don't don't know know. (laughs) yeah yeah, w2 yeah so they did that and then they uh you know toured the facilities of course the weight room and all that uh they talked about academics with them which a lot of the recruits said they really respected it wasn't just uh you know, football, football, football. They, you know, did talk about academics, and uh, I think the the main thing that I liked from it is that coaches really gave some one on one FaceTime with so many of the recruits. Which you think about how many guys they had in. Right. Almost yeah. everybody I talked to said, "Well, a lot of them enjoyed the photo shoot. They did that where they, you know, got to pick what uniform, what what combination, what mm-hmm. color jersey and helmet and all that." And then they all really like going to the Mississippi State game where Tech crushed Mississippi State. Like almost all the guys there. I don't know how they got tickets for all those guys. Yeah. But they did, and they really enjoyed that. But other than that, they enjoyed talking with, with the coaches. And so depending on, obviously, what position they play, they got to talk with the position coaches. And I don't know if McGuire just clones himself or what, but he was able to talk to a whole lot of them. So I, I really don't know how he finds the time. You know, he must just, never sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because he, he's always on Twitter too. You yeah. know, so um, I, you know, I talked to. We mentioned Koi Eakin. He actually wasn't um, part of the Junior Day thing, but he was visiting as well, 2022 class, uh, and he's signing on Monday. And he said, "Look, uh, the cultures there have a the coaches there have a culture building that I want to be a part of." He said his favorite part was talking with the coaches one on one. He said Coach McGuire was extremely excited about him committing. He said he sees himself uh, fitting in pretty well. He says he'll have to work for a spot, and that's what he loves to do. He's there was some talk maybe because he I mean he played some safety for Stephenville. 
Um, he played outside receiver, but there was some talk maybe he played slot. But they, they see him at outside receiver. Chapman Lewis is actually a 2023 uh, recruit who also he committed. Um, why he committed, he said, uh, my family and I went on the junior day visit, and we loved the environment and the coaching staff. They also talked about the plan and the goal and how they're going to make it happen in terms of building up the program. He said uh, he, have built, he has built a great relationship with the coaching staff, and he felt at home there uh, and loved it. His favorite part was the basketball game and, and, and the picks as well. Tyrone West was a, is an interesting guy, another commit. Uh, he committed on Saturday, but he couldn't announce till Monday just because they were trying to space out all the commits. Uh, he said the visit was amazing. The atmosphere was crazy. Uh, I really love the fans. They, sh- they showed love as soon as I stepped foot on campus. When we first got there, we ate and met with the coaches, and from there we had a photo shoot where we took pictures in the uniforms, and then we ended it by, by visiting the dorms. I forgot to mention that. He said, and uh, going to the Mississippi State game. He said his favorite part was the basketball game because he got to meet the fans and experience why Tech is the be- best place for him. Wow. So I think I love how they do that. Uh, if, they, if it's during football season, they'll have basketball recruits in. Sometimes they take the guys to – to the baseball game too it doesn't matter you get to see you know red Ritter nation and it really helps obviously the atmosphere at the usa right now i mean it sells itself you know? Unmatched, yeah. a lot of these guys actually have told me like i can't wait for football season to play and you know and i'm like <laughs> they're gonna have to build that up to get to get to where the usa is and even really yeah. uh you know how the law is too right yeah. i mean they packed the law for non-big games too right, so yeah. uh football's got to come on in, in that regard um Another guy, Aaron Flowers, is a safety out of Forney. Uh, you know, his favorite part was meeting Coach McGuire. And uh, when Coach McGuire offered him a scholarship, he picked up that that offer while in town. And that's got to be pretty exciting. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to get a call or a direct message, but to be on campus and have the coach be like, hey, you know, kind of pull you aside from 99 other or 100 yeah. other recruits and, and to offer uh, is pretty exciting. He's a 5'11", 180-pound uh, safety. He's actually class of uh, 2024. There was, uh, I'd say maybe a dozen or around that uh, class of 2024 guys there right. too. So you had 2022 through to through uh, 24 there. Um, he he said a big part of the offer was his head coach uh, coach Fleener um, there at Forney. So there again goes back to the connections. Um, Kason Long from Shallow Water, six six two fifty. Uh, and I, he looks bigger than 250. I mean, his pictures, uh, like on Twitter, of him, uh, of him in tech gear, I mean, he looked like he belonged, you know. But he's definitely not one of those overweight offensive linemen. You know, he's, yeah. he's an athletic guy, and I think that's, that's something they're looking for, too. I mean, they want those mashers, but they want those athletic tackles as well. So his uh, huddle highlights is the reason. You mentioned talent evaluation. Yeah. Uh, his huddle highlights was a big reason why James Blanchard saw him, same guy who saw Tavares Elson, that linebacker I was talking about, um, and then of course the proximity to Tech. He's another yeah. class of 2024 guy. So, and I mentioned uh, Colton Basick, who's a 6'6", 240-pound edge rusher. He told me uh, junior day was great. It was uh, great meeting all the coaches and seeing what they were about. He's been tweeting about. Texas Tech a lot. This guy, he has offers from, you know, Oklahoma State and the Baylors and the TCUs. That's who you're going to be fighting for him. And uh, I, you get start getting those kind of athletes, 6'6", 230, 240, you know, yeah. uh, who, who can really play. Uh, things the, the, They'll start turning the corner on defense finally with Texas Tech. they got to get those guys who can beat one-on-ones, 
consistently and get to the quarterback because we haven't really seen that. You know, that's been yeah. one thing is we've really missed from, from this defense. So, uh, you know, by and large, the reaction was it was a great time. I think to, to, to finish it at the basketball game and in, in that atmosphere and the way that Tech won that game and the way they looked, I think was a really good exclamation part, point for them. One thing that's interesting is, you know, how many of these guys mentioned something about I'm really excited about the culture they're building yeah. and what Coach McGuire, you know, what his plans are. I mean, a lot of these guys really talk about that. And, and you know, it's interesting that, you know, you hear coaches say things like that all the time. Yeah, yeah we want to change the culture. We want to build a culture, you know, all that stuff. Easier said than done, I think. <laughs> yeah. and, but, but to really – have that's one thing that McGuire. I think just in his short time here so far, there is a clear plan of attack that these guys have. I mean, from recruiting to, I mean, to everything. You know, you can just tell they are implementing a well thought out plan to have success and their ability to sell it to these guys. I mean, you can tell, man. I mean, they're these recruits are impressed with with that plan and that culture that they you know that they're building. You said Jeff, the ability to sell it, and I think. Well, I mean, if you talk to Coach McGuire, I mean, his excitement is, you can't help. But, yeah. I mean, he, he raises your energy level, you know, when you're around him. So, and I think a lot of the guys on the staff are like that. I mean, Zach Kidley's a really interesting guy, too. And, I mean, just his appearance. I mean, he's six six, big old dude, you know, and then what he's been able to do. If you're a skill position or just an offensive player, you see what Zach Kidley's been able to do. I mean, you want to play for him. You know, yeah. you believe what he says. So. Uh, I just go down the list. Those guys like Emmett Jones and uh, Katie Perry, all, all those guys, they're they're good salesmen, but it's more than that. They, they believe in what they're doing. You can tell, and it comes yeah. out when, when, when you're around them. Yeah, yeah. and then when they really believe it, it yeah, it's, it you sense it. it is truly genuine, yep. and it's not just some, like you said, trying to sell you something. Right, you know? yeah. And, and that's what uh, is is just really cool. And I tell you, the Tuesday night at the game when McGuire came out, you know, and, I mean, <laughs> yeah, every time cool. he comes out, you know, and leads that Raider power thing, man. I mean, you find yourself just like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's. Uh, he has a lot of energy. He's yeah, known for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, he said that before. Like, he wants to be consistent every day. Like, where never have a bad day. Where the, the recruits and, and players know. Uh, they'll get that consistent energy from them every day, and that's yeah. that's easier. That's another Boy, thing that's no easier kidding. said yeah. than done. You know, I mean. That so I respect people who could do that. Yeah. All right. Well, always exciting. Uh, always exciting stuff there. We're talking about recruiting. Coming up next, uh, we'll touch on some Texas Tech basketball. I mean, what a what an amazing week uh, this week. And then you got a big game coming up tomorrow on the road in Morgantown to take on West Virginia. Uh, so we'll talk about that and more coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from Buffalo Wild Wings on West 82nd near Brownfield Highway, where you can come by and. Uh, you watch uh, watch Jarrett and, and Pete put away some, some wings right now. So. <laughs> Sean, you actually uh, working on some of yours there, too. So uh, come by the and, fries and working on the wings have now. some lunch with us here. Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd Brownfield Highway. More rocking pregame next on 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Pete's Tire and Service in Ropesville and South Plains College. Texas Tech Basketball. All right, so uh, already one of the best weeks for Texas Tech basketball ever. Man, that game, I tell you, has there ever been a game that people anticipated 
<laughs> more than that one. I mean, for for months and months. I mean, that was just the the focus of everything was coming to that moment, and you had to win that game at yeah. home with Beard coming back. I mean, you had to win it. I, I couldn't even. When I got there that night, I told you I got there an hour and a half before tip off, and I was sitting there and I was like, man, the energy's amazing. But I, in the back of my mind, I was like, gosh, I sure hope we win this game because if, 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 if somehow you, you don't win that game, that is going to be the worst feeling yeah. walking out of that arena like that. I just, But I couldn't imagine it was going to happen. But the most electric atmosphere I've ever seen and that I've ever been at in person, I mean, it was just. Uh, incredible and then to get the victory too man it just felt really good well, and imagine the pressure that was on adams because he's been hearing it since he took the job and in the press conference the first thing he said is i'm relieved yeah and he said tired and yeah yeah as you know i mean he wanted to win it but those guys wanted to win it for him and for lubbock i mean all these guys knew how important this was for our city see and i always try to think of that too you know you you forget sometimes. I mean, they're just players, but you forget all those, all those guys going to class, taking tests, having to study, and knowing that that was looming and what what that meant to Tech and to Lubbock and the fans. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, man, to carry around and to handle it like they did. Man, that, that really that was, and that's that's a great coach right there who can get that team focused and ready and even keeled and to play that game like that. I really like what Adam said in the post game about there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, but there was a lot of pressure on the players. They're yeah, the ones that have, yeah. have to actually go out there and make the shots. And, yeah. all that. and uh, you know, they, they, obviously they did a great job and he credited their experience. It's an old team. And I really like on the uh, actual telecast, they mentioned just this is a big, bad, experienced team. You know, they're bigger than most of the teams they play. They're taller and longer, more athletic, and more experienced. And it's like, well, you put all that, that together, no wonder they're kicking everyone's yeah. butt. You know, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. they did a great job recruiting. And more than that, the personality, too. The personality, they, all those they were able to mesh together. All these guys that were double-digit scores at other Division One schools have come and sacrificed for the greater good. And they're winning because of it. And, and, you know, and you see, again, uh, credit to uh, Mark Adams and his staff to be able to, you know, almost, you know, remake the roster. I mean, certainly oh, you got yeah. about four returning guys, but but to bring in all those guys, like you said, they were, you know, the, the guy on their team, to mold that together into a team unit. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, Chris Beard has struggled with this year with Texas. I mean, they man for man. They're, they're probably one of the you know, most, most talented man for man teams there that there is. But as a team, playing together you know not quite there so that's the tribute to adams and what he's been able to do there's no doubt and you know i look at this team and i said in this game and i said yeah okay texas is talented they both play really good defense they had the exact same records coming in though tech played a much tougher schedule coming in than, than texas i mean texas has a gauntlet coming up now in the big 12 they still got to play kansas and baylor and iowa state i think twice all of them twice still. Yeah. so um and tech's you know played most of those games against them so where does tech have an advantage i know mighty joe yeager inside the red raiders point out rebounding and i think that was a huge difference in the game tech you know they kicked i think they were plus nine in, in rebounding overall and uh that was huge those offensive rebounds from whether it be kevin o'banner santa silva or the Arms, oh, i think yeah yeah, yeah. and then rebounds? kevin yeah. mcculler had a couple like just Refuse to lose offensive rebounds, and I think that was a big part of the, uh, of the reason why Tech won. Yeah, well, and two, and I still I just love every time uh, Bacho comes into the game, and even his ability <laughs> to rebound yeah. and 
And man, I I wish oh I wanted him to hit that one that that three so bad when <laughs> yeah. they left him out there and just stood there kind of like daring him to shoot. Mm-hmm. Man, I wanted that one for him so bad. But uh, he's still the biggest surprise of the team to me this year, man. I just every time he comes in, it seems like he, you know, just gets he rebounds every time he comes in. I mean, he's he really he's been surprising how effective he's been. That four man rotation in the front court is the best Tex ever had. I mean, really. I mean, I, there'll be some old timer out there say this or that, and there's been some really good interior players. Don't get me wrong, yeah. like Tony Bettine. Just go to you know. There's a bunch of guys you can mention, but to have four guys like that, yeah. Oh, Banner, Bryson Williams. I mean, come on, those two one-two yeah. punch. I mean, in terms of offensively and on the glass, and then what they've been able to do defensively, and then like you mentioned, Santa Silva in 15 minutes, he's playing great. He is a much improved player, and then Bacho having a, a rim protector and a guy who can finish on the other end. I mean, having those four guys, it's it's the best in the Big 12. I mean, yeah. that's why they're elite, uh, along with all those wings. Yeah, yeah. It's Man, anyway, now that was just uh, – it was incredible to watch that game Tuesday night. What a great uh, what a great feeling at the at the end to have that victory and Chris Beard have to walk off the – I mean, it just it, – it, that was redemption and, and everybody – I think that, that moment of when he first appeared coming out of the tunnel at the beginning of the game and people were able to just let loose with all of that that has been festering for all those months was one of the greatest. It just was a great feeling. And then the boos went to woos because they had Ric Flair there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. But Texas only had the lead for 29 seconds yep. wow. in that game. Godly. And yeah. now they're 14-0 and at home, and you continue to you know make the home court a huge advantage. But now you you got to back it up and 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 win on the road today against West Virginia. I think has lost six in a row. Yeah. So yeah, you go to Morgantown's always tough to play. You know, it's just a, it's just a it's a tough road trip. It's a long road trip, and uh, like you said, they're they're six in a, in a row they've lost. Tech, you know, you're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. No, I mean, you're no. clearly a a team to be reckoned with. So they're gonna be they're gonna be ready to play. They're gonna want to knock Tech off, and their fans are probably gonna be all jacked, you know, for it. And that's a, that's a tough road game. Six of nine of Texas's next games are against the top twenty-five. Texas Tech has two games of their next nine versus yeah, the top so twenty-five. Yeah, so Texas already kind of been through the, through yeah. the gauntlet there. So that. That is good, but there are no easy games. It's, you know, no matter what it is on paper, but they uh, they're all going to be tough. But uh, tomorrow, one o'clock, West Virginia. What do you what do you think? Uh, what do you see happening tomorrow? I mean, if Tech comes out and plays their game, they should win. But I mean, even at home, that was a tough game. West yeah. Virginia. I know they've lost six in a row, but this reminds me a little bit of the Kansas State game in that there were some close losses they had. They're a good team. They're right there, you know, yeah. um, and they're hungry. And it's one of those road games on Saturday, kind of early. It's not as early, and you, you're not as tired as you were going to that Kansas State game. Where right, you're just playing, yeah, they were Playing every other day, one, yeah. you know, for a week. Um, but it has the potential to be that kind of game where, yeah, Tech's obviously the better team, but they still drop it because it's a you know tough road game against a, a decent opponent who's hungry. So yeah. uh, they got to go play. They, if Tech, if, to me, Tech's the best team in the Big 12. They're be- I think they're better than Kansas. I think they're better than Baylor. Um, and, I, and I really believe that. Uh, so it's just up to them to actually get it done. I yeah. mean, they could go on a run and, and rip like a huge winning streak. I really feel like that. Yeah, and, and the way they play defense, yeah. I mean, really, you just you just always feel like it, it's not going to get out of hand. Right. And they're always going to be, you know, even on a road game like that, play that type of defense. You're you're gonna you know you're gonna have a chance. You know, even if you're not shooting lights out or something. 
But uh, yeah, Jack hasn't really been handled since the Gonzaga game. Yeah. They had a couple guys out, you know. It was yeah. just kind of, and even then they what? It was like a two or three point game in the second half before yeah. Gonzaga kind of blew you know blew it open. But you just feel like just Tech has that look of a team that is one of the best in the country. I mean, just, they they are. Yeah. Well, and Tech is one in eight in West Virginia. Only oh, one wow, win. Really? So it's going to be a tough one. But the Gosh, a team like this needs to bring up. Yeah, they've only but, won once. Wow. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's thanks yeah. for bringing us down, Pete. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just saying this team no. is the team to get them over the hump. That's a great stat. It really yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that game again, one o'clock uh, tomorrow for Morgantown, and the the game will be on uh, ESPN at one o'clock. All right. When we come back, uh, it's uh, get you updated with the Lady Raiders and what's uh, what's happening to them here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings, West 82nd Brownfield Highway on 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, E-Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. Lady Raider Basketball. All right, Pete. Well, two home games last week, two ranked opponents, and unfortunately two losses. The Lady Raiders are 9 and 11 uh, two and seven in the conference. Uh, you know, they, they battled both games. They uh, took on, uh, you know, first off, they had number 11, Baylor, who, uh, man, they, they come up and they tie that game, and you thought they, they would they would have a shot, and they, they end up losing 88-80. And then Iowa State beat them 86-65. But, you know, Bree Scott's this week and uh, is, is back now with the team, and, and I think she'll give them a boost. And uh, today... Uh, back in action. So they haven't played in a week, and they are uh, at Kansas State tonight. The team you beat when they were ranked 25th uh, when they came to Lubbock, maybe they can get this one on the road. It is 6.30 p.m. and uh, no TV uh, from what I'm seeing. But uh, if it's anywhere, this would be an ESPN Plus, and uh, uh, you hope that it's on TV. But I then you'd not... certainly be able to get that here at Buffalo Wild Wings you, for sure if it's on one of those right. things and like they're, that. They're yeah. saying uh, there's nothing listed on, yeah. on their site. But, uh, you know, again, it's a team that's come so close. You know, four or five games they could have won. And, uh, you know, they're just, uh, you know, working through it. But, I, you know, I, I really want to give credit to uh, Krista Gerlich. Uh, just, you know, the little things, the little things. Uh, I saw a fan tweet out to her, hey, Coach Gerlich, I cannot find a Lady Raiders shirt. Now, if I'm Coach Gerlich, I'm so busy, maybe I don't even answer that. But not only does she answer, she says to her, I'm going to do you one better. Come to practice Wednesday and meet the team. And so this woman uh, is a huge Lady Raider fan. She lives out in Guthrie. Uh, and we Guthrie gets us on Channel 11, but they're one of the furthest places that get us. I mean, that's a hour 45 from here. Yeah. And so she drives in, uh, got the shirt from Gerlich, met the team. And, uh, you know, how, how many times does Coach Gerlich do something like that you don't hear about? Uh, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, and that's why I still think she is the right person for that job, and I still think she's going to be able to get 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 it turned around. You know, because yeah. again, they've been close this right. year. So a lot she, of these you know, games, you she's know? coaching and working these players better, but she's also working on the fan base. I mean, you got to get more and more people coming back, getting in there. I mean, back in the day, it was awesome here. It yeah. was awesome. The place was packed. It, it, it was you know the 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 craziness for women's basketball, yeah. and so you know they've got to get back. And uh, you know, nine and eleven right now, uh, one and three. 
three on the road. Maybe they can get this one tonight uh, at Kansas State, a, a 6.30 uh, tip-off. And then from there, uh, you got Texas coming to town next Wednesday, February 9th. And, of course, you beat Texas there. Uh, can you get it done again? Uh, um, so two big games here. I mean, they're all big. It's the same thing on the men's side. I mean, you can, anybody can beat anybody. It's just uh, they got to get over the hump. And, of course, uh, you know, Vivian Gray is a star and, uh, you know, Taylor, I mean, uh, Thomas. I mean, just so many, so many. So, you know, and, and uh, Gerlich had 20-some points uh, recently. So, you know, Bryn's coming up, too. So if they can all get on the same level and everybody's clicking, uh, I can see good things happening for this team. They're they're so close, so close. Yeah, and Coach Gerlich is definitely someone that's easy to root for too. Yeah, you know? I she mean, is. Everybody's awesome. pulling for her, and, awesome I, and I do think she'll get it done. So, um, all right. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Pete. Uh, still to come here, uh, the full court press, and uh, you know, three final questions. Always interesting to see what those are, and uh, we'll do that. And then a reminder that you know, Buffalo Wild Wings today. You know, we're at the uh, 82nd and Brownfield Highway location. But a uh, nice crowd today. Everybody, you know, the sun came out, and everybody's kind of anxious just to get out of the house. I think a lot of people have been cooped up for a couple of days, man. Come out, have some wings and uh, an icy cold one, and uh, hang out with friends. And uh, you know, Pete, you you put away uh, you put away some chicken tenders yep. there, didn't you? Yeah, you? yeah. I just want to make sure you're specific on what I put yeah. away there. And I yeah, put no, away and you put chicken. and make no mistake. I mean, you. You put them away. Oh well, man, that was that was an eating clinic. What and you just did there. And I will say, that the was... blue cheese here is excellent. Yeah, well, I like some blue cheese. Man. Yeah, yes. I'm with you on that. I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> That's real good. <laughs> and I couldn't care less on what your thoughts were on blue cheese. Did, did, are you, you're not a blue cheese guy, are you? I like it all, man. I don't, okay, I'm not okay. so picky like this Yankee over here. Oh, okay. I'd like a cream Pepsi, please, <laughs> with just a little bit of ice. Oh, blue cheese, not ranch. Oh. You know, with the weather as bad as it's been, you can't drive 55. Oh! By Sammy Hagar. You need some new material, bro. Oh, that, man. That was, like, that was like two years ago. That's, that's some terrible. New material. That's terrible. All right. Full court press coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame from Buffalo Wild Wings. I love Second Bradfield Highway on 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1. The Beer. Sponsored by Meineke, Zocco, and Bud Light. Full Court Press. Time for some questions. No hedging. Time to get your opinions on the record. It's the Full Court Press. Jeff, how many points will the Red Raiders beat West Virginia by? On Man, uh, I tell you what. <clears throat> I think this this game could, has the potential to be, uh, I mean, every time you play West Virginia, it's always a grind. But being there, and they've lost six straight. They're going to want this one. Um, their fans are going to be all jacked up for the game. Ah, boy, I don't know. I think this one's going to be close. But I think Tech pulls away at the end with some free throws and stuff. But I still, I think it would probably be about nine. Nine? Nine-point victory, yeah. Wow. Pete, leading scorer for the Lady Raiders at Kansas State. Well, um, I mean, I, I got to go Vivian Gray. She's, I mean, I know Taylor Thomas had led them against Iowa State. But uh, I'll go Vivian Gray tonight. I, maybe show, or tomorrow night, uh, 17 points I'm even going to guess. Very nice. I'll write that one down there. Jarrett. When the 2023 recruiting standings are in for college basketball, yeah. where will the Red Raiders finish? Well, they're off to a good start with uh, four-star Drew Steffi, who we had him on the show earlier. Um, you know, 
I was thinking around 20, but I mean, if uh, Fisher, the dude from Canada, the five-star guard from Canada, if he ends up getting on board, man, I can see Tech having a top 15 class. Wow. To 2000, especially, I mean, you look at all the, the publicity they got from that game against Texas. I mean, every, the whole college basketball world is talking about that. And then if they make a run in the tournament like I expect them to, yeah, I, I could I could really easily, honestly, see a top 15 class. Wow. Okay. Well, our rocketologist Eric Haslam has right now Texas Tech as a three seed in his bracketology. Right. Yep. Where do you guys see the Red Raiders if March Madness was to happen? Where will the Red Raiders end up? We said that about uh, Eric having the three. I don't want to just copy that, but that's that was that's really what I think that is sounds right, right now a three yeah. seed. Yeah, yeah. I think they can get up to a two seed if they make a run. Like we were talking about, their schedule isn't as tough. If they can win, take to handle their business at like Morgantown and, and like they're certainly capable of doing. Yeah. yeah, you know, like very much so. If they do handle their business, they go on a run and they push Kansas for the Big Twelve title. Then I think they could. I mean, they could end up a two seed. Oh my goodness, that my friends is your full court press. I couldn't wait to hit that buzzer. That's one of my favorite. That's one of the favorite things of the whole show, right Happy there. Happy vacation, Jeff. You Thank should you just very do much. that when we're talking. Like if somebody's saying a point you don't like, <laughs> you really, just hit yeah, it in the middle yeah. of us talking. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, what, do you, what does Pete think about nuns? <laughs> That's not true. Dogs. Uh oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, dog hater. What about Jared in I Can't Drive 55? That's right. All right, that buzzer's getting very annoying. That's a little too much buzzer for me. So, All right, now thanks for uh, checking out the Rockin' Pregame today. Uh, coming up uh, here in a minute, we'll get back to uh, get back to rockin' here. And uh, you guys uh, enjoy the show. Next week we'll be at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on University, right? So yep. uh, near 82nd University. Yep. So. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm not doing anything fun for the week. I'm just not working. So and I'm not right. setting my alarm. I'm not waking up early. It's going to be awesome. You know, so. Staycations are pretty nice, man. You know, yeah. the hassle of traveling and all that, you know, right, it can yeah. be pretty nice. So, in fact, I think my wife is out of town next week on her, some business stuff. So there won't be honeydews. There won't be. I mean, it's just going to be. <laughs> all the lights will be off. That's right. Not answering the phone. It's, it's like. going to be the week of Jeff. Just like I stopped at the week of George. Yeah, it's the week of, uh, the week awesome. of Jeff. <laughs> I know the week of Jeff. That's a good thing. All right. Have a, have a good one, man. It's been the Rockin' Pregame.